everyone, and welcome to Victoria's Cantina. This is the fifth episode of the Cantina Chatter podcast. Today, I have a very special guest who was kind enough to step back into the cantina to talk about her involvement in the Star Wars film universe. I am very pleased to welcome the lovely and talented Pam Rose, who portrayed Mose Eisley Cantina alien Lisa Serlin in the original Star Wars film A New Hope. Pam, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for asking me, Victoria. So tell me a little bit about the genesis of your involvement in the original Star Wars film. How did you get involved? I had been doing filming since 1968, and I was dancing on TV in 66, so I was quite a regular on the film sets. And the agent we had in those days, it was the only one, and they were phoned up and said, send people down, and... I was picked to do Lisa Serlin. Well, originally I was called Weird Girl. Mm-hmm. Then they changed it to Lisa Sirin. I don't know when. And then when my action figure came out in 2009, they misspelt it. So it then went to Lisa Serlin. Oh, wow. So she's had quite a little uh, story behind her. Yeah, definitely. Now, your action figure, that's one thing that really excited me about your character because, uh, you know, when I first saw it, I was kind of thinking that I'd seen it in the film, but I wasn't entirely sure. So I had to go and do a little bit of research. And uh, this was back in 2010 that your action figure came out. It was in the Hasbro Star Wars, the Legacy Collection line. It um, came out November 2009. I'll give you the month. Um, but yeah, I remember finding that in the stores and being so excited about the character because it had a very different look to it. it. It looked to me like something from like the 1950s, like sci-fi sort of uh, B-movie aesthetic, which I was really drawn to. And it, I just thought it was a great looking figure. Well, I I never knew that the figure was coming out. You know, I was out of the business for 20 years. I used to run a casino in London. Mm-hmm. And when I joined Facebook, which was after I retired, somebody phoned me up from France and said I just bought your action figure and oh, I went wow. where did you get it he said oh in London at Forbidden Planet and I lived like three or four miles away I put my coat on and ran down there and tried to buy up any that came but they'd have a box of 50 uh-huh. and there might only be one two of mine so they were quite hard to get to start with but I have friends in America who are trying to source them for me because on eBay, some of them are going for over 80 and over 90 pounds, unsigned. Oh, wow. So it seems to have been quite popular. Now, what I want to do is I want to read uh, the character description on the back of the action figure because it does reveal some pretty interesting information about your character. So what it says is, Lisa Solern is a... Kirash and one of the patrons in the Mos Eisley Cantina on Tatooine. She is hiding from Imperial authorities that suspect her of having precognitive powers and have declared her as Force Adept. So it kind of sounds like you might be able to use the Force, is that correct? I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> because that description, I don't know when it came out. And it's as I said, it's only recently. Um, I got the Star Wars encyclopedia mm-hmm. and that was the backstory that is printed in there before that I didn't know you know there's a long time ago and we never had the media or the computers or the 
the phones or the cameras or anything in those days. Most of my pictures were official pictures. Mm-hmm. Except, you know, and now they don't want you to take the camera. In those days, there wasn't cameras. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, it's funny that you bring that up because I've seen a couple of Polaroids uh, online. Can you tell us a little bit about what the story is behind those Polaroids? I was allowed to take the Polaroids because my father was very ill and he used to come to the set occasionally. But when we did Star Wars, he was much too ill. And I was given permission to take the two Polaroids and allowed to show him as long as I didn't use them. So uh, I was honored. <laughs> oh, wow. But I was, trust- I was trustworthy as well. So you know, if I said I wouldn't do anything, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, and they're pretty interesting uh, photos. When you look at these, uh, you get a really good look at your character and the full makeup and everything. And um, it-, it makes you appreciate the character design a lot more because when you see the, the cantina scene, uh, it just goes by so quickly. There's so many different kinds of aliens and characters and creatures in there. And uh, you don't get a whole lot of time to appreciate each and every, you know, unique individual character design. So when you look at these pictures, that gives you a really good idea as to what your character looked like and how fun it was. One thing I was lucky is that I was the only character dressed like that. And also you could see my face. Uh-huh. Most people, they couldn't say they were me, <laughs> which... A lot of people say, oh, I was in the canteen when you know for sure they weren't. Certainly. (laughs) Nobody could um, quite look like me, I don't think. That makeup took two hours every morning to put on and one hour every evening to take off. Oh, wow. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. Yeah, I don't know if I could sit still for that long. I kind of feel like I would get kind of fidgety and want to get up. (laughs) Um... I think people in those days didn't fidget like they do now. People are very sort of hyper now. You know, I knew the makeup people so we, we could chat and, you know, all the freeborns. And they were very nice to me. They made me the cast from my head cast and I still have that here. Oh, wow, you still have that? Yeah. Oh, wow. People have, people have asked if they can buy it, but I said no. When I die, they can fight over it. (laughs) (laughs) So I also see a photo here of you standing. It looks like you're in front of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Is that a a photo from the set? That's an official photo. You know, they take you off set to do stills. Mm -hmm. And I never knew it was the Millennium Falcon because there wasn't any such thing in those days. And it wasn't until say the last eight or nine years people said you're standing in front of the millennium falcon i didn't mean anything to me you know i i just walked into the next set had some pictures taken and then back in the cantina so it's um it's it's been quite a strange journey for me you know but she seems quite popular now yeah, certainly. That's a very nice photo. Uh, and it also gives a very good look at your character's costume and outfit. And uh, the fact that you're in front of the Millennium Falcon, I think, is just pretty awesome. I'll tell you a funny story. Somebody asked me recently, didn't you get fed up with that music when you were doing the cantina sequence? <laughs> I said, there was no music. I said, the inside was done in Elstree. The outside was done in Tunisia. The band was put on in the USA. You know, we don't hear the music because with dialogue and everything else, you know, it's all put on afterwards because you don't know how much is going to be cut out. Certainly. 
Now, what was the environment like on set? Was it fun? Were there any real alcoholic beverages being served in the cantina? No alcohol. <laughs> no, I suppose in the last so many years, I think I've only seen alcohol served literally about twice. And usually they were for commercials. And uh, when you do a commercial and all day you're sipping beer or wine or vodka or something, it's it's a long day and you feel quite sad afterwards. <laughs> oh, wow. <well. laughs> um, no, always soft drinks. Ginger ale. Uh-huh. That's your white wine and maybe your whiskey. And, you know, they just make up these concoctions of fruit and you know, vodka and gin looks like water and stuff like that. Ah, interesting. Now, I see another photo of you here. I, it looks like it's on the set of the cantina. You're sitting in a chair uh, with a couple of er- other characters. Uh, it looks like you're holding something. I'm knitting. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's something. So, so, so there was an alien in the cantina that was actually knitting. Yes. <laughs> wow, you learn something new every day. That's, that's awesome. In those days, you used to spend quite a lot of time because... The sets all used to have to be moved around, the tracking have to be put down, the lighting have to be done. Like nowadays, it's much easier with um, the steady cams and things like that. And everything's more modern, you know, so it's easier and quicker. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to say, really. <laughs> it was fun, but mm-hmm. we, we never messed around. There was a smaller bunch of us doing it, and we were really quite professional, you know, by keeping quiet. <laughs> not disappearing offset so they have to come looking for you and i wasn't allowed to go very far dressed like that anyway sure so no shopping down the road right yeah that that would be kind of interesting you're at a store and, and you see an alien in there well where, where'd this person come from can i diverse a minute absolutely we, we were working on a film near elstree and it was with glenda jackson we were all nuns and my friend and I, we were both dressed completely and we took one of the boys' Jaguars down to the town and we went to Woolworths or Walmart or whatever you call it and we were buying personal things and hairspray and makeup and we had the music playing really loud in the car and the windows open and the wimples hanging out of the window and people just don't take any notice. You know, especially if you're near the studio, they just see so many weird things going on. They just take no notice at all. Oh, wow. But that's one of the funny stories that stuck in my mind. That's really interesting. So it's kind of like the sort of environment, kind of like Hollywood, I assume. You know, you're, you're kind of offset. There's a few uh, restaurants or coffee shops in the area. And uh, you see people come in sometimes in costumes. So something along those lines, it sounds like. Yes, but, you know, the... Studios had restaurants and the bar and the coffee shop and snacks, or mostly on set they'd be provided. You'd get breakfast, well, tea when you get there and biscuits, and then breakfast probably about 11, break for lunch one till two, tea break about four, and then usually see what happens. But now it's not quite the same. Oh, wow. So very orderly. Yes. So when you were uh, working... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. At least they knew where we all were. Absolutely. They were keeping tabs on you. Well, you know, the thing is, it's the studios are big. And, you know, they could go around the corner and probably have a cigarette and just walk down the road. And, you know, we really had to stay within the compound, really. Right. Okay. So, so when you were on set, did you by any chance have any uh, 
interaction with Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill? Mark Hamill, no. Harrison Ford, I don't remember. Alec Guinness, you know, very professional old English actor. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. People said, did you speak to George Lucas? We must have spoken to him because he must have been directing us. Right. But, you know, it, it was one job out of about five or six hundred. And being the first one, nobody had a clue what it was all about or what was going to happen or how popular it was going to be. So, you know, I never thought 40 years later somebody would want my autograph. <laughs> Never ever thought about it because you know Barbara Bain and Martin Landau? Uh-huh. Yes. Well I did eight episodes of series two of Space Nineteen Ninety Nine. So uh-huh. and I did another thing called Star Maiden, so I've been an alien a few times. <laughs> yeah, the aliens are fun. I've I've always been drawn to that. In fact, when I first saw the original Star Wars and I was a child, uh that Mose Isaac Cantina scene uh, to me, it is my favorite scene in the entire Star Wars saga. Uh, I remember seeing it. It just absolutely sparked my imagination. And I actually have a diorama in my office of the Mosaic Cantina recreated with action figures. And uh, your and action you figure mine. is in there. I absolutely have yours. Is it? <laughs> She's, uh, let's see, I can see it right now. She's sitting at the bar and she has a glass in her hand. Yes. And a gun <laughs> in her boot. Right, and a gun in her boot, exactly, just in case. Just in case. She's foisty. <laughs> <laughs> so I've also noticed that you've been quite involved with the fan community, and you do a- attend conventions on a regular basis. How did you get involved with the fans and attending all of those events? It all started when I retired. As I said, I ran a casino, and I retired in 2005 and rejoined my agency. And she phoned me up one day and said she had fan mail for me. Oh, what? She said, there's all these geeks looking for you. (laughs) So I did a couple of events. And just before I moved down here, I did 33 in one year. And last year I had to cut it down because I was busy. I've got quite a few this year. Some I've turned down. But I've just come back from Edinburgh on Tuesday. We were raising money for children's hospices. Mm -hmm. And... That's the nice part of it. And I like meeting the fans and I like meeting the costumers and things like that. And, you know, a lot of the actors we meet on a regular basis. So some of them are really nice and some I just ignore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that sounds really great. Uh, Like, I've been to a couple of... I went to Star Wars Celebration uh, 4 in Los Angeles in 2007 and uh, there were quite a few different uh, members of the cast from the various Star Wars films present. Uh, I've been to San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, I just, I think it's great. Like, as a fan, I really enjoy seeing the different people that were in these films. You know, people that you've, uh, especially like in your case, you know, you were a cantina alien, which, as I mentioned, is my absolute favorite scene in the entire Star Wars saga. Um, so I really enjoy that sort of a interaction, you know, even just being able to see somebody. And uh, it's a really fun thing. Like with Carrie Fisher, if she came to the UK, she was always hidden behind something. I've never met the lady, ever. I actually did have an encounter with Carrie Fisher, and it was very, uh, very unusual. Now, it was also when I was at Star Wars Celebration 4, and uh, this was in 2007, Los Angeles Convention Center. And what happened was I was in the cafeteria, 
and I was in line and I asked uh, the, the server for a hot dog and uh, which, you know, was kind of one of the main things that they had there in the cafeteria. <laughs> and uh, there was a, a lady next to me said, I'd like to have one too. And I didn't look at her. I, you know, I didn't know who it was. I just, you know, I kind of out of my peripheral vision noticed that she was a short lady and uh, she was dressed in black. And uh, so I got out of line uh, once I got my hot dog and I went and started dressing it up, you know, with, with ketchup and whatnot. And then she went along next to me as well. And then I noticed all of this commotion start. I, I noticed some camera flashes. I noticed, uh, you know, people gathering around. And uh, the next thing I knew is that I had been sitting, I had been in line ordering hot dogs with Carrie Fisher and I didn't even know it. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's such a sad thing that she's, you know, gone already. It That was quite a shock. Absolutely. Especially to, especially to the Star Wars family, shall I say, and Kenny Baker as well. So Kenny, I've known for quite a few years, and he was a cheeky little thing. Mm. Used to bite my bottom in the cantina. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now that's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> no, but as I say, he was fun and he thought a lot of me, and I, he always used to give me big cuddles and things like that. So it's wow. nice. And I was working in on Sunday. I was working with um, Spencer Wilding, who's the new Darth Vader. And I had a picture taken with him and Ian White. I think he was the Wumper in the last one, the white creature. Oh, uh huh. He's seven foot one, and Spencer's six foot seven, and I look about five years old between them. <laughs> <laughs> Very tall. And uh, I'm pretty short myself, so I anytime I'm around tall people or I'm at an event and it's hard to see anything, yeah. You have to get still. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to look over the crowd and say, hey, can you lift me up just a little bit so I can see the band? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not that short. I'm about five foot four now. I think I've shrunk with the old age. You know, I used to be about five, six, but I'm going down and I don't wear high heels very often now at the of conventions it's just too long a day and I'm always dancing up and down to have pictures with everybody and you know they like me being there because I'm very cheeky absolutely my pictures on Facebook <laughs> very cheeky yeah lots of fun stuff I, I've been looking looking at those photos and yeah it looks like you have a great time at these conventions and enjoy interacting with the fans which I think is pretty awesome well on as I say this one on Saturday and Sunday we were raising money for two hospices in Scotland for children and on Monday the organizer took me to meet the people at the hospice and I met one of the families and the people who worked there and they showed me around so that was nice and had some publicity shots taken for the place so that was nice because it's nice to see where your money and your effort goes absolutely you know, so, many, so many charities they you know sort of spend lots of it on admin and staffing and directors and stuff like that so at least this way it gets into the hands direct so that's a good part of it most definitely now as far as uh, your interactions with the fans what has been the most interesting thing that you've come upon the, the strangest thing that you've uh, had happen with the fan when meeting with them the strangest thing happened to me in Canada we were in an outside market with a tarpaulin around it 
and it was windy and it was hail and this young lady came out dressed as me and I just I just saw I had about four coats on hat gloves I had bed socks over my feet because I was so cold and this girl walks out with next to nothing on dressed like me oh wow <laughs> and I just I just glanced to the side and I just I just cracked up that's amazing. I had a picture taken with her, and she was like a jelly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> another girl, she dressed up similar in Denmark, and another girl I met in the UK when she was here from Australia, she dressed as me to do the Cancer Moonwalk. So um, that's quite flattering. It's not an easy thing to wear because you're trying to make the head is quite difficult. I would imagine so. And when I look at the pictures of you in your in your costume, it just looks so seamless. Like they, they really did an excellent job. I can kind of see why it would have taken two hours to do the makeup. Well, the, the head I had, the, the dome I had to wear every day for five days. But the, the pink skin over it was fresh every day. The hair was fresh every day. The makeup, of course. And um, as I say, they were the best makeup people ever. To me, anyway. They did a great job. And even just looking at the other Cantina aliens, I mean, they're all so very creative. Um, one of my favorite ones is, uh, do you know who the Hammerhead is? Yes. The Hammerhead. I just love that design. I don't know, something about it. It looks kind of like a snail, sort of, but it's <laughs> just so fun. Well, you know, I'm just amazed where they think these ideas up from. Because, you know, for me to sit down, draw 10 aliens, I wouldn't have a clue. You know, <laughs> their imagination must be phenomenal. And then to create it as well. Right. Do you know My Little Pony? Yes, I do. Well, one of the girls in Belgium has just had My Little Pony made to look like my character in Star Wars. Oh, wow. <laughs> the head has got all the black hair and the stuff that arrived yesterday. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, is are there photos of this online? I'd really like to check that out. It's on my Facebook. Okay, I'll take a look. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, that was yesterday morning, I think I posted that. And, uh, you know, people make me dolls, tapestries. So somebody made me a Lego one. Oh, wow. Somebody's made a, somebody's made a crochet one. So, you know, she's been well merchandised, shall I say. Most certainly. That sounds a lot of fun. Um, the action figure, I think that's the the only official thing that I've seen. I don't know if they made anything else, like as far as... Um... I don't think so. No, okay. So I think it's time that Hasbro does a new uh, updated version of your figure, perhaps, or maybe even something in the larger 12-inch or 6-inch scale, I think, since uh, the 6-inch Black Series line is kind of their mainstream line at this time. So I think we need to petition Hasbro to do a 6-inch figure of your character. Well, as I said, they never even told me that it was coming out. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't shop for Star Wars toys, and I didn't used to go to Forbidden Planet to look for things. So I would never have known if somebody hadn't told me. The latest thing I went to Italy to do a signing, and he had wine made with my bottles, my um, labels on the bottle. So that's quite fun. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So if Hasbro is listening to this Cantina Chatter podcast. Uh, I think we kind of want to demand that they do a six-inch Lisa Serlin action figure because... And please tell me! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it absolutely needs to happen. And uh, you know what else I think would be quite fun is if we, they somehow found a way to get your character back into the Star Wars universe some way, somehow. Well, there was Dave Filoni and somebody else and George Lucas sitting around a table, and on the table is my action figure. Huh. So, so whether they did something similar for Clone Wars, I don't know. I, I don't watch the films. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sort of a film fan. <laughs> Rather in the garden. <laughs> yeah, there's a the Clone Wars and even Star Wars Rebels, which is the current animated television show. Uh, they have incorporated different characters uh, from the Cantina. There's like you can see like the Hammerhead and like Greedo style of aliens running around uh, in the background and stuff in different scenes. Um, so I don't. I think they could easily bring your character back, or at least a member of the same species. Uh, especially in something like Star Wars Rebels, which takes place, you know, nothing but a few years outside of uh, A New Hope. So they could definitely incorporate that character design somewhere in there. Well, I would have liked to have been the manager of the cantina in the later films. <laughs> you know, sort of uh-huh. the grey hair and the maybe a little silver skirt instead of the leotard. <laughs> but one thing that interests me is I would like to know what happened to my original costume. Hmm. Never seen it, never heard of it, no idea. Whether he's got it in his museum, I don't know. Yeah, you would think that that has to be somewhere. Well, the thing is, you know, I don't think he threw much stuff away. I think he collected a big majority of the stuff. Right. Maybe he wears it. Uh, Maybe he wears <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, who knows? You never know, right? Um, yeah. And that's funny oh, because... George Lucas is actually, uh, he's funding his own museum in Los Angeles, and they're going to be getting construction on that, I think, within the next year or so. And uh, he's going, from what I've heard, he's going to donate all of his uh, personal belongings and archives and everything that, that aren't already in the position of Disney. And uh, they're going to display everything in, in this museum. So, you know, it, it would be pretty interesting if somehow, some way, your costume showed up there. That would be fun. As I say, knowing how they kept most things... It's just weird that it's never been seen anywhere. And I'm sure he didn't throw all the wardrobe away because you never know what characters he was going to use for the next films. Absolutely. Well, I saw saw A New Hope in 77, and then I saw Rogue One, and I saw A Force Awakened. I haven't seen any of the others. Oh, okay. So you haven't seen, like, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi? No. Well, as I said... When I worked in the casino, I was there for over 20 years. Uh-huh. I worked shift work, night work, weekends, holidays. And the last thing I wanted to do at, after a day shift at 9 o'clock time was go and watch a film. Uh-huh. And if I'm home at 6 and 7 o'clock in the morning, I definitely didn't watch a film. So, uh, no, just never got round to it. I don't think I've seen anything of Space 1999 either. Oh, wow. So that would have been interesting, though. You mentioned uh, having your character, Lisa Serlin, as the bartender of the cantina. Maybe somehow she she took over ownership from whoever had it at the time. And um, have, are you familiar with the Star Wars holiday special? No. Okay, but a lot of people don't want to be familiar with the Star Wars holiday special because it's pretty <laughs> awful. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, you can watch it on YouTube and, you know, to be honest with you, I've tried to watch it numerous times. I can never get through the entire thing. Uh, as much as I love Star Wars, that, that's the one thing I can't bring myself to finish. It's, it's pretty out there. 
And uh, the reason I bring that up is because um, you mentioned yourself as the cantina bartender and owner. Uh, B. Arthur, the actress in a Star Wars Holiday Special, was the uh, the bartender uh, in the in the special. So it's pretty interesting to see her in there interacting with all the aliens and so forth. So I'm kind of visualizing uh, your character replacing B. Arthur's character. Yeah, I'm sure they could have come up with something weird for me to wear and... <laughs> Maybe I just have gray hair instead of black hair on the top of my head. <laughs> I may have to do that with my cantina dioramas. Maybe place your figure in there as the bartender serving all of the aliens. <laughs> that would be fun. That's <laughs> that would be me. I would like that. That'd be pretty great. Um, so as after you filmed your part in the original Star Wars, did you expect that it was going to become one of the biggest, most enduring films of all time? No idea. <laughs> and as I say, I was... Con- I went to see it when it came out, and by then I was working in casinos, I worked abroad, I worked in Liberia, Sierra Leone, Cyprus, South Africa, on the cruise ships. So, you know, I wasn't in the environment to be sitting watching films. Uh Never thought anything about it, you know, because I've done so many jobs, most of them I've never seen. Oh. At the time, it was a job move on. You were just worried about the next job coming. As I say, especially with my father being very ill. He died in 1979. So uh, then I had my mum to look after for the last 37 years. I've been a good girl. I've got no (laughs) sibling. I've got no no other family, really. Yeah, that's interesting, because I know that when you hear people talk about Star Wars, uh, a lot of people didn't really expect that it was going to be so huge and so enduring and so popular even uh we're at 40 years now out from the original release of the film and um it seems like a lot of people were kind of taking a gamble on this you know hopefully making its money back a lot of people weren't really sure what was going to happen um so yeah i imagine that it would have come as a huge surprise i think they were struggling at the time yeah there's a lot of information out there about how they were over budget that they were behind schedule and there were just a lot of production issues that were marking the film and uh you know i'm I'm really glad that in, it all kind of worked out in the end well I, I think i prefer the ones earlier or especially a new hope because it was exciting because it was the first one mm-hmm. but as i say i'm not really a film buff and basically never got time to go anyway uh-huh. maybe i should see it again one day yeah absolutely it's, it's a movie that I've probably seen, uh, I can't even tell you how many times, maybe a hundred. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Plenty of times. Yeah. Well, as I say, maybe one day. Did you see the documentary I've done, Elstree 76? Well, it's like a few of us who are in the original film. We went back to the studios, reminisced, and they caught up with what we were doing now, what we thought about it at the time, and where we lived, and... You know, it was quite funny because when I said I went to Italy to do some signing and one boy walked into the store and he goes, oh, oh, Pamrose, Pamrose is in Italy. And he phoned oh, his wow. friend and said, Pamrose is in Luca. No, nah, don't be stupid. I'm standing with her. <laughs> so they come and pick me up later in the evening and took me to the cinema because they were showing Elstree 76. So I got up in front of the stage and said a few words and things like that. So that was unexpected, shall I say. Yeah, that is... Then they took me out for dinner. (laughs) 
Oh, they take you out for dinner too. Yeah. Well, you don't expect to go to Italy and be invited to watch yourself on the, the screen. You know, I, I didn't realize Italy had even bought it, you know, oh. because it's only came out sort of towards the end of last year. And I went to, I've been to three showings. I went to um, one at the studios and then I went to one in Le- near Leicester Square in London. And, you know, we, we did a panel afterwards, signed some pictures. Oh, wow. Got a nice picture of it, though. Um, so you mentioned that when you when you filmed this, that you actually did go back to the studio where the cantina scenes were filmed? Yes. Wow. How did it feel to go back to that environment? Well, the thing is, I've been there so many times on other films anyway. To me, it's just the stage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm not very sentimental. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was nice to sit down with some of the people who were in it because you haven't seen them for 20 years probably. Right. So it's nice to sit. We sat in the middle of the studio in some chairs and we're just chatting amongst each other. So that was quite nice. So, uh, but I think it's doing pretty good well now from what I hear. Oh, that's terrific. It's another string to the Star Wars bow. Right, absolutely. Now, I was looking over the list of films that are on your website, and I noticed a couple that stood out to me. There's Superman the movie and Batman, the 1989 film. Uh, Both movies, which I I really am a huge fan of, I haven't seen either one in quite a few years. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about what your involvement was with those two films? The first one with Christopher Reeve, I was one of the Daily Planet reporters. And... I was working with with him and alongside him, and I I was actually dating him as well. Really? Which was Yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I I worked on Superman 1, 2, and 4. Number 4, I was doing the green screen flying rehearsals for Lois Lane. So um, that was quite good. Then Batman, you know, the opening sequence is the casino. Uh Uh-huh. So I did tech advice. I took some of my croupiers with me and I was playing dice and strolling around the casino. So uh, that was my involvement with that one. Wow. I'm definitely going to need to go back and rewatch these because, uh, yeah, that, that sounds awesome. I mean, so you've been in, I'm a huge comic book fan, a huge Star Wars fan, obviously. Um, you've been in three different franchises that, to me, are kind of just hit right at home. So. That's pretty exciting to me. I'm good. I'm glad. <laughs> it doesn't really mean much to me. You know, as I said at the time, it was literally a job. And, you know, most of the time I used to do background. I used to do small parts. I used to do a little bit of stunt work. I'd do some doubling. And the idea in those days was not to be seen. Because when you got signed off at the end of the night, they go, Pam, where you seen? No, okay, seven o'clock tomorrow. And then the next person would come up and say, Well, you've seen, oh, I was standing next to the actress, not tomorrow. And they go, oh, what, what, Why? Well, you've seen, you can't be seen in the restaurant walking down the road on the bus and on the tube and everything else. You know, if your face has been really recognized, you know, it's, it was just a job at the time. I didn't ever want to be sort of, an actress. I did small parts and things, but I never wanted to do theatre or a feature film or anything like that. As I said, you know, my situation at home was quite um, unstable. So 
dad was always in and out of hospital and things like that. I see. So, you know, some of that comes out in the Elstree 76, you know, because people now are going, oh, you're in Star Wars, you're in Star Wars. At the time, it was a job. We never knew what Star Wars was going to be, especially 40 years later. Right. I'm grateful and I enjoy the shows. I'm coming over to New Jersey at the end of July. I'm doing a, a con for Space 1999, so that would be nice. But I've never been invited to do a show for Star Wars. Hmm. I've been shown on the big screen at one of the big shows over there because people who took pictures and said, oh, they did this whole thing on you on the screen, but never been invited. Oh, wow. So yeah, it would maybe be. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be neat if they invited you to something like uh, one of the Star Wars celebrations or uh, Comic-Con, perhaps something where, you know, you have a huge fan presence and a lot of the show is dedicated to some of these big franchises like Star Wars. Well, the thing is, you know, most of us are getting old. So how much longer are we going to go? You know, I'm still sort of pretty fit for my age, but some of them are not very fit. You know, Dave's now getting quite um, Dave Prowse. He's getting quite um, forgetful and his mobility is not too good. And trying to get him on a plane with a small seat but he's got his long legs and everything is quite difficult nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, uh, and then Carrie's passed away and so many of them passing away. You know, it'd be nice to go before I die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it would be great if, if uh, somehow they could they could work that in. So, again, if anyone that has the ability, authority, or any way to get Pam to one of these uh, Star Wars conventions, let's get that done. Campaign, campaign, campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get to that right away. Same with the action figure, because I really want that six-inch figure, and I know, I'm sure you want one, too. I love one. Absolutely. Yeah, so, Pam, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about your involvement with film or with Star Wars in the cantina? I suppose not the beginning, as I said, because it was just a job. I went in, did what I was told, had the makeup on. But now, as I say, for the last few years, doing all the conventions and meeting the fan base, got pretty, pretty good fan base. And it's nice when they come back to see me, even if they don't want to buy an autograph. They liked me enough to come back to say hi if I'm in their area, which is nice. That's really great. You That's know. really nice. Repeat viewers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, wonderful. Um, now, Pam, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. If our listeners would like to learn more about you and your career, what is the best resource for them to visit online? Well, my website, or I'm on IMDb. You see on my filmography, you know, that I've done loads and loads and loads and loads of stuff. Yes, it's a very long list. I hope everybody checks it out. So I will throw some links down in the description. Uh, everybody, be sure to check out Pam's website for in-depth information about her career. Now, Pam, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Well, thank you for asking me to be here, you know, and send my love to all your fans. And... You know, may the force be with all our fans in America. <laughs> Absolutely. May the force be with you, too, since you are force sensitive, it sounds like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. 
Alright my friends, that does it for this fifth episode of Cantina Chatter. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. Thanks again to Pam Rose for taking the time to visit with us. Be sure to visit her website and buy her action figure. As always, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to Victoria's Cantina. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.